3: Good evening, it is the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport London. Another week of twists and turns for Brentford. It's never boring, that's for sure. It's been another home game and seven days struck off that Griffin Park countdown. We've also had a trip up north and a transfer window to dissect and review as well as look ahead to that final run-in for the Mighty Bees. Plenty to talk about here on the Brentford Fan Show. Me, Matt Beadle, with the boys from Besotted Robin Hood. Michael, hello. Hello. And Dave. XG Anderson. Hello. Hi, hello. Guys, on my notes here, you've written the B team.
4: Come on. <laughs> well, no, this is, this is. I think. I think we are we're, we're getting some more and more chances in the first team, but we're still very much on our development path. Across, um, we've, we know we've had some help from Kevin O'Connor, from Brian Reamer. <laughs> yeah. We haven't quite got the call from Thomas Frank yet. So yeah, we, we, we're, sporadic appearance. We're, we're doing a. We're doing a, a, what we did against Leicester City. We're pl- we're fielding some B teamers in order to give them a, even more experience as they continue
5: to. Soar in value, hopefully. But, yeah, hopefully a winning result and not a lose. <laughs> <loss>. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, you don't go over 1 0 down. Yeah. No, uh, gents, okay, well, look, we're going to get on to all the action from the week and all the other news. Like we say, transfer talk, plenty coming up there. Surprising little deadline day move, of course, for that Oxford duo. Looking forward to talking about that one. But first. A little cheeky opening question to begin the show because gents what is the one thing you'll take away from the first month
4: of the decade christmas wasn't kind to me that's that's what i'll take away (laughs) i just literally all the all the brentford games i went to and the uh, alienating my running and my fitness and too much times down the pub and too many too much food yeah i just i just uh, across january i felt you know my fitness had gone down from my five-a-side and things like that and all was this All this was in a good cause because we got. To, I got to go to see lots of Brentford games. But yeah, so that's the one thing. In terms of a football perspective, uh, I'm very, very hopeful for the future. That's
5: one thing I'm taking out of, out of January. <laughs> good stuff. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair play. <laughs> uh, for me, I guess uh, all I took away from January is Malta's quite nice in January. Uh, went there for a few days. Lovely, yeah, quite surprisingly mild at January. You'd be surprised. Really? A little bit of diving out there. Uh, yeah, just beautiful, yeah. Go there in January, it's fine. What does
3: Malta offer? I don't really know much about the country. Ooh,
5: so, Game of Thrones, there's a lot of that film there. It was Northern Ireland, wasn't it? Well, yeah, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of sort of walled cities in uh, in Malta. Not Beautiful. seen a single
3: episode, so couldn't. Well, uh, you, couldn't you're
5: tail. missing out, Matt. You go are
4: That's the theme
3: song. This just is in like
5: case, Game of Thrones podcast.
4: Yeah, this is the first time I think anything Brentford related has ever started with Game of Thrones Malta. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
0: just, <laughs> and Malta. And our B team
4: performance is slipping yeah, very, there we very go, rapidly. There we go.
5: So we've got to recover this. But yeah, just a little trip to Malta. Really enjoyed that, and uh, that's my big January takeaway. It's great there in January.
4: Okay. How's your January been, Matt? Uh,
3: It's been, okay, busy. I won't lie to you. It's Mm. been extremely busy, yes. So, uh, you know.
4: Hopefully a bit bit (laughs) of relief then to come come (laughs) in on a Monday and talk a load of nonsense (laughs) with a couple of guys from Bizzotti then. (laughs)
3: Absolutely. Life is looking good at Love Sport Radio, especially on a Monday (laughs) evening at 8pm here on Love Sport London. Uh, Gents, we are going to talk football now because this is, of course, a football fan show and... We're going to get onto the whole game, of course, later on in the show. But we have to get that little elephant out of the room early doors. Everybody was buzzing, of course, about the game on Tuesday. Tuesday last week, of course, Nottingham Forest arriving mm-hmm. at Griffin Park.
4: What happened? Uh, we lost one nil. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I think it was built up as such a big game. Uh, we, cons- especially considering the uh, the Leicester FA Cup game beforehand, and having to balance our squad with those two games, it was. It was. It was very. It was built very, very built as very, very big. And the performance and the result was admittedly quite a letdown. And I think there was a really sort of anxious and dissatisfied feeling amongst
5: the Brentford faithful. So I'm, I'm not entirely... Well, we we know really, we, we kind of know what happened, don't we? Yeah, we do. We just got sort of outmanaged in a game. But yeah, you're right, though. The build-up was just massive. It felt huge because we had that Leicester tie. There was so much focus on what we do after that. We already think we were just... It just felt like it took ages to come, and then when it did come, the disappointment just massively outweighed the build-up and then all the hype. But... Not, uh Forest just outmanaged us, didn't they? They were really deep. They uh, they knew what they were doing. They uh, yeah, it was pretty tricky actually. I had some I had some pretty choice words for
4: a couple of their players.
5: Let's yeah. put it that way.
4: Well,
3: <laughs> I, I've heard the term "dark arts" get used yeah. a lot on this station with certain fan shows. And is it fair to say that Nottingham Forest
4: employed those dark arts for huge swathes of the game? They I think that's a very good word. Dark of, arts. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. That, I think they invented it. <laughs> it was yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a masterful execu- execution in how to. Uh, steal a, a three points from Griffin Park. Essentially, um, I think the f- the first thing we can dissect from it is that we were we weren't at our A game. Us us as uh, as Brentford, I don't think we were at, as strong as we could have been in terms of our performance. That's from my from my perspective mm. anyway.
5: Um, and I think Nottingham Forest did a job. They came to Griffin Park. They did a job. They walked away with three points. Yeah, they did a brilliant job. I think they knew what they wanted to do. They had a plan. And I think that we're, we're probably going to come to this later. But there are teams that understand how to beat Brentford, and there are teams that don't understand how to beat Brentford, or know what to do when they come up. And there's set, there's a certain set of things you've got to do if you want to come out of the game and win. Mm. And uh, Forrest did a lot of them, and they came out of the game and won. Yeah, that's do you, it. Really. Do
3: you think the whole fact that really for the first time I'd say this season properly with the feeling around Griffin Park and Brentford mm. that crikey, actually we might we might actually do this that because this was billed as such a huge game yeah. for the first time really this season maybe it got on top of the players on top of the fans a bit too much
5: yeah no i don't think it did i, I think the fa- the fans were intent like that we were we were sort of looking forward to it and really keen but I, I don't think it affected the players in any way at all i think they robin doesn't think there was a good performance i don't think the performance is that bad i think we just came up against a really stiff team and they were solid at the back and and just sort of managed us into areas we didn't want to be but They had a really good tactic actually. It was Amiobi out on the right on Rico Henry. Just he was a free ball all the time. I think we all felt like we can't go behind against this team, and if we do, we're going to struggle and not get back. And unfortunately, a deflected goal and cash from um, Cash, and it just went in. And it was, it was kind of there was inevitability from there, wasn't there?
4: It was, it was, it was. It's so frustrating because we said before the game we can't concede first because Nottingham Forest are ruthless when it mm-hmm. comes to defending leagues. They, they, they are so good at, ke- at keeping teams at bay once they've gone ahead. They sit deep, they press... From deep areas, they're very, they're very, very strong in that regard. So when when we conceded first, Mm. and the manner of which for the goal, it was a deflected shot. It was it looped into the bottom corner. I think it was just it was such an ugly goal to concede. Brilliant for them. They all they're
5: all worth the same amount, aren't they? Exactly.
4: Unfortunately, Um, and yeah, it was it, it was it was not our finest hour. Uh, and I think it's a lesson. And th- thankfully, Thomas Frank said after the game, "It's uh, we need to learn lessons from this." If he'd have come, out, if he'd come out and said, mm. uh, "We, you know, we sh- stats show we should have got three points out," yada yada yada. I'd have been worried, but the fact that he acknowledged the performance and the teeth of our opponents I think is a very strong sign. It shows that hopefully we will learn from that moving forward.
3: I also liked from Thomas Frank, now I know this is a very friendly show and we get fans on from opposing teams and it's yeah. all very nice and we're all friendly. We go to pubs when we go to away games, but I did like the little needle after the game with Sabrina Lamucci, of course, yeah. in the centre circle with the rest and Frank actually waving his finger at him just going, <laughs> no, no, don't give me any of that.
5: See, I think Lamucci gets away with it because he has a foreign sounding name and he looks very suave and I, I think there's a bit of, I think he loves to mix, it, actually, I don't think he's he's you you'd associate him with sort of free flowing, beautiful football. He's completely hiding behind his uh, and getting away with it a little bit. And Frank wasn't having any of it. And I think it was impressive that he stood up to him and told him what was what. To be honest,
4: yeah, no, it, and but to be fair, he did he did come to Griffin Park and do what teams hadn't been able to do for six games, which is leave mm. with a point with at least yeah. l- at least a point. And that's so that was I think that was the frustrating thing because we have been so good for so long at home, six home league wins on the spin. Yeah, it's it's a fortress Griffin Park, and to leave with a point or three points, you have to do something really quite good in order to beat us. So that's, yeah. why, I, that's why I would say that we weren't at our A game is because a team was able to get all three points of, off of us, not just one.
5: Yeah, the A game, so the dark Art stuff, so quickly, we've just got a quick stat on sort of pure possession time. So out of 90 minutes, Forrest had 16 minutes of pure possession, which is just, it's just so low. It just says that they don't want the ball. They're just there to sort of waste time sort of niggle at us and just make sure we sort of run out of ideas and not and was not, there f- was there 50 minutes of dead time did yeah, you say yeah that's it so that, there's nothing going on in this game so that's it was you can tell they have a game plan it's just whether you sort of fall for it or whether you whether you do something different or whether you just sort of fall down the path that they want you to go down and we we kind of did didn't we so you told me that stat
4: and I just thought so we really for 90 minutes we watched a game and for 50 minutes nothing was happening <laughs> and I, but and I just all I remember from yeah. that was the frustration and the not quite getting that pass through and not mm. quite creating that chance and obviously the just relentless time wasting
5: yeah it was really My
4: bad wasn't it goodness it was it was atrocious absolutely atrocious
3: yeah. it's amazing how that can happen at this level of football because you don't yeah. really see that in the premier league do you no you no. can't get away with it in the
4: premier league no it's 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 and, and their goalkeeper got booked in the 24th minute I think mm. for time wasting. Now that gives you an indication of it wasn't just sort of okay we're going to you know we're going to time we're going to time waste later on in the game just to try and run the clock down. They they were just so
5: keen on not letting anyone have the ball not just themselves but mm. us yeah very frustrating but yeah as i said they came around the points and uh, it was the plan and it, it worked it's just we do we need stronger refereeing or do we need stronger assistance that's yeah something's got to change but otherwise we're going to keep getting we're going to keep getting done like that yeah mm.
3: the age old debate okay gents well the good thing the positive is mm. is that we get to the weekend Brentford win Forest lose so <laughs> Bosh there we go <laughs> we are going to no longer talk about the Nottingham Forest game no. that is over yeah, next that's up in the past. it's in the past it's gone it's finished it's done uh, next up we've got Robin Hood and Little Dave's Merry Roundup it is the Transfer Window Edition Robin Hood
1: Robin Hood riding through the glen Robin Hood Robin Hood with his band of men feared by the bad loved by the good
3: tell you what, we've reached new heights here on the Brentford Fan Show. Have that, Hawkins. <laughs> yes. Have that you're listening over on Love Sport, <laughs> Hawkins. <laughs> No, it's a new sheriff in town now. <laughs> um, it is it's the Bradford Fan Show. If you weren't already aware, here on Love Sport, me Matt Biddle with the boys from Bisottin, Robin Hood, McMichael of course, and Dave XG Anderson. Right now we are on a little merry roundup of the transfer window. Of course, it has been deadline day since we were last on the show. Plenty going on, chaps, no less. Two players coming in from Oxford United, Robin.
4: Yeah, it's usually the other way around. We usually lose players. So I think I think back to the days. I think was it. 2016, I think, where we got rid of um, or well, when we sold Hotter Dean and Collan to Birmingham City all on deadline day. The Birmingham Three, the Birmingham Three, yeah. And to go from that and those situations, I was sitting in the in the in the pub with Dave Laney Lane and uh, and Billy the Bee and Edward with Edward, and it was just such a depressing sign. Mm-hmm. Now this time. We've signed two players And they're two really Genuinely exciting players So um, for those of you That haven't heard It's Shandon Baptiste And Tarek Fosu Henry So they're two uh, A midfielder And a winger uh, Respectively From Oxford United Uh, The fee was rumoured To be around Three million pounds Although uh, Is it Carl Robinson? Has yeah. uh, said that it said that there's no it way there was went. a lot more. Than that. There a lot more than that, and yeah. that may be four million. But it's a really, really interesting signing considering, I think, what happened against Nottingham Forest, where we had some decent players on the bench, and Thomas Frank only made one substitute and brought brought Emiliano on, and that was it. Mm. So I think it's I think that was indi- that was indicative. And there are some conspiracy theories that maybe Thomas Frank was trying to suggest that he didn't have a strong enough bench and uh, nudge to the powers that be to go and get some more players. But I think we needed these players regardless. Cameron McCott shows out with a, an injury. We don't know when. He he's going to be back and we need another wide player because I think Joel Valencia isn't quite hitting it we need a bit more of a, an option yeah. there but they're both really <laughs> exciting signings I can't wait to see them in action
3: It was before deadline day that it was named wasn't it because it was revealed that Oxford was selling these players to an
4: unnamed club They were having their medicals at an unnamed club yeah. and, and there the, were the, 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 such strong ties linking, linking them to Brentford that it was always going to be us I, It was probably one of the most um, forecast well uh, and obvious transfers I can remember from Brentford's history yeah
5: Baptiste has been on the radar for a while before he I think he got his ACL about a year and a half ago now was, I mean, it, was that against us? I think it was yeah yeah it was, an, it was uh, us for Oxford in the cup wasn't it yes yeah so he um, it was a serious injury but I think they were really interested back then and if he didn't have that injury he probably would have signed a lot sooner we may not have had well yeah we may not have Drew Rearwood you don't know how the, quads, the squad sort of builds itself but time yeah i mean we've got him eventually and uh hopefully he's gonna be a really good addition i mean the feeling we had when birmingham stole those players it was absolutely heartbreaking and these are pretty much two of oxford's best mm. players they're, they're so strong for them they've had really good seasons yeah it's, it is heartbreaking but this is where this is the growth of brentford we do this to other clubs now instead of getting it done to us but don't want to speak too soon the summer could be pretty brutal so <laughs> it could not, be yeah depending depending it. on
4: depending on fortunes yeah, so I think, um, yeah. we'll
5: be graceful in sort of taking other clubs players but this is what it is now i mean we're going for a title we're trying to get promoted you gotta, you gotta strengthen.
4: And also, they're not, it's not as if they're they're young players, and they're coming mm. to a club that's very progressive and that's going to help them. It's not as if they're coming for big, for massive, <coughs> shed loads of cash and. They're just going to be sat on the bench and not developed, and then farmed off to another league once So these are these are really this is a really good opportunity for these players. Tarek Foss has only been at for, uh, only been at Oxford since moving from Charleston for six months, mm. and Shandon Baptiste has obviously had many suits this season. He's been very very good. So this is a really progressive signing for Brentford. This is something that, like Dave said, we've been, we've had done to us before, and now we are the plunderers. We are the ones going and seeking for searching for jewels in League One. <laughs> and it's Brilliant.
3: <laughs> so those are the two players that did come in. I imagine generally you're quite happy with the January window been happy with the window since the start of the summer really mm. was there anyone else any other players that you maybe would have liked Thomas Frank to have drafted in as well
4: I mean in our ideal world I'd have two Marnie Diagoraga back to provide Norgard with some covering defence <laughs> as the big stalwart defensive midfield um, I th- I, think, I, th- I still think we're a light one midfielder I think Drew Yearwood is obviously coming through and progressing uh, but I, th- I think we could have do. We could maybe have done with another defensive midfielder, because especially with Camo's injury and Shandon Baptiste is a bit more box to box as I understand mm. it. So I think we were like we were like we're still maybe like one player in there. But I've got faith in Yearwood to be able to. Progress quickly, and he's certainly shown that in the two FA Cup games he's played.
5: Yeah, I'm not so keen on Eward. I think he's—I don't think he's as reliable in these sort of Championship games as I think in the cup games he looks like he's lively. But I, th- I think you need much more composure there, and we do need someone who's a bit more mature and sort of probably a bit more sort of dominant as well. Similar to probably like a B-like, my one of my favourite players. <laughs> <which laughs> it was going to um, be that Derby, but yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what you kind of want. Eward still is very raw, and I think you can see that in his games. He just sort of vacates the space. One minute he'll be in defensive midfield, next minute he'll be on the edge of the box, and he's your. He's not quite as disciplined as we need just yet. So even with Camo Fitz, I felt that like we needed another midfielder, hmm. a sort of a deeper one. And Baptiste is probably like an eight, isn't he? Sort of pushing forward a little yeah. bit more, but but not just, quite just... that DM. So we might need some. But I mean, we'll have to make it work. You it's just we, you just notice when Norgard's not in the side. I,
4: I certainly do. I think yeah. I, he provides that presence and that screening. That, screen in front that the is fans. a hard
5: position. If we think the only person that's probably better than Norgard in the entire league is probably Calvin Phillips at Leeds, so mm-hmm. it's a hard position to get someone to be at that level and then not even be your first team player. So maybe we just sort of fudge it and get through with what we have, and uh, and it works.
4: So I'll play there. I played there a couple of eleven-a-side games in school. I reckon I've still got it. <laughs> Short-term contract. <laughs> And That's the, the, worrying, isn't
3: it? <laughs> the key to every promotion, as well, yeah. fudging it. There we go. That's what we do. That's what we do at Brentford. Uh, those are the incomings,
4: Robin. Some outgoings. Yeah, we have some outgoings. So um, it's, it's, I, th- I think this is quite sad, actually. I think he's he's far better and gets more gets far less credit than he should. Is Josh Clark? So he's um, basically yeah. a utility player for Brentford. He's been with the club for nine years, and he's played pretty much every position you could possibly think of. He start mm-hmm. he started out as a right winger, then we moved to right back. Played a few games at left back, and then played. A few Games left wing, a couple of games up front as an auxiliary striker. Um, he probably played in goal. I don't know, but he's he's been, he's been he's been a long servant for nine years at the club. He's he's pacey. He's got two good feet. He's got a good work ethic, but more, probably not the best touch of a footballer, and not not as very not as good in possession. Um, and unfortunately, he's been released. Now he was released this January, at cl- mutual termination uh, mutual termination of his contract, so he's free to negotiate with another club. So although it appears a little bit brutal. That you know, we just released him, terminated his contract. He did get a really good send off, a really good mention, a, a rundown of the list of all the stuff he's done across nine years at the club. Yeah. Uh, and I wish him really all the best for the future because I think he's he's just never had that fully fully cemented starting place in the in the side across those nine years. Um, but he's, he's he loves scoring against QPR, so he'll he'll always go down. Yeah, he's going to
5: go down a legend, isn't he? I, yeah. th- I think he's just a victim of one of those players that don't really have one position, and then you kind of are they that good in one position? And you sort of try and fill them in everywhere. Probably more like a poor man, Sergi Canos in a way, like he's. Sort can play in those four positions and you never really sort of settle down but yeah, we're going to miss him. I think he was—he sort of defensive side of his game just came on massively, didn't it? He good started off with a bit of a liability, but then filled in a right back and left back, and he was just a really good player. And so, someone's going to get a good player though. we was thinking about his level. I, I think he can play in the championship for a side. Absolutely. It's just not going to be a team pushing for a promotion. Maybe at the bottom bottom of the championship or sort of middle if he's lucky. But yeah, yeah. It'll probably be ho- League
4: One really. Yeah. It? Well, hopefully, hopefully, will see him back in Griffin Park one day. Yeah.
3: Mm. It's funny when those players are in limbo, isn't it? You kind
4: of yeah. think, what do they do? They're just yeah. chilling out. <laughs> it's a diff—it's a difficult position. But we've also had a couple of other outgoings as well Mm. Tom Field uh, has left um, uh, for Dundee United Uh, And best of luck to him A few good games A couple of goals in one game for us Against, was it Eastleigh?
5: in the yeah, FA yeah. Cup uh, um, ta- t- talented player yeah he we, is I think I remember watching I think I saw him play against Man United in a pre-season friendly or sort of a uh, one of those uh, B, early B team matches and I thought he was unbelievable sort of really strong left foot up and down played left wing at one point left back at another point um, just a really good player but it's, it's just not going to work for him here so yeah. similar to Reese Cole he might go up to Scotland and then sort of find his feet again and become the player he probably should be and uh, it's just yeah just unfortunate it's not with us but wishing well as well
4: exactly and then uh, Kenny's, Kenny's Carroll uh, who signed from Initially Oxford, I believe we signed yeah, for Oxford. Yeah, yeah, all these Oxford incomings. Um, he's so he's recently signed for uh, Stevenage uh, on a full full time. So best of luck to him. And Mads Beck has gone out on loan to AFC Wimbledon, having signed a new contract until twenty twenty three. He's I think Mads Beck is has got good potential. Uh, I don't know if he'll make it. As a as a first team regular at Brentford, but he's mm-hmm. certainly got the potential. Good left foot, very strong, good in the air.
3: He's already looking good at FC Wimbledon. To be fair, in the first yeah, game like that he played, yeah. already looked like head, head and shoulders above that.
4: Yeah, that it's almost it's obvious if we went. Sorry, sorry about force here. Have <laughs> to <months, baby." laughs> <laughs> have yeah. someone. Um, but no, I think it'll be very, very interesting. to See how he does. Okay. In other news, kept hold
3: of BMW. Of course, some other yeah. key players remaining at the club too. How important was that for this promotion push and potentially a first season in the Premier League next season to have kept hold of those players?
5: Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. I think Billy did a really good piece um, on Besotted uh, Pride of West London Besotted. It's just spoke about probably the timeline. I think the intention was always to keep them and say that we're going for a promotion this year. No one's going anywhere. Please stay with us. And this is a this is a really big year. And we've got a huge, huge chance. And I think they kind of talk, they're talking in probabilities. Like, what was the chance? previously of going up when we have lost the hotter uh, the sort of Birmingham 3 but now it's so the, the probability is there to go up we we look good everything's right so we, we, don't, need this to, this. we don't need to sell them this we don't didn't need, need to sell, them sell them this January it, yeah. sometimes it can be taken out of your hands where they can want to go it's, it's not always about you if they want to go they can they can force moves but I think everyone's really uh, there's a lot of harmony around the group um, everyone's sort of thinking of thinking together and thinking about promotion and uh, in the end it proved that no one was going anywhere and we're looking I think we came out quite strong that was the thinking wasn't it? if we lost one of them what would we do would we trigger some other events and get some others in but keeping these three is probably the deadliest deadliest forward line in the league and everyone would be I'd pretty, pretty that. jealous uh, that we've got them
4: absolutely
3: yeah an incredible trio just before we move on I was speaking to a couple of my Brentford mates after the victory that we're mm. going to discuss later wait you have you have other Brentford mates I do mates yeah I, I do <laughs> mates sorry I'm, 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 I apologize <laughs> leave, go yeah, yeah, go. Go. Yeah. sorry sorry <laughs> Charlie didn't did he no <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> um, but we were discussing just Brentford's attack BMW like we were just mm. discussing then and he did argue that he still wasn't comfortable with the front line as it was in terms of backup now i said surely marcus force is going to be the answer to that once he regains fitness has a bit more experience but he said i would have liked us to have gone in the market and maybe got another striker
5: yeah i think i think you, he wouldn't be alone i think a lot of people would think that the problem is where do you go and who do you get in so we've everyone's kind of forgotten about Soglu. i think he's Uh, He came, he's been on the cards for a while and he's here now, but we're not sure where his position is, but I, I think he is very good at dribbling so I think that's why you think of him as a winger but he can play centre forward so he gets a few games under his belt that could be a Watkins understudy if you bring someone in like a Lyle Taylor for instance it's really hard to sort of manage him and how, what do you do do you keep him on the bench Watkins plays almost every minute he only comes off when we are five one up it's, it's really hard to sort of keep the squad balanced so don't waste don't waste loads of money on players who are probably quite expensive and also high contracts and just sit on them on the bench you've got to, you've got to make sure your squad's working hard
4: exactly it's players like Alvin Tony was, was thrown mm-hmm. around Mm-hmm. As well, and a potential fee of ten million, and it's what it's what our directors of football at Brentford said said when we when we sold Neil Malpey as well, it's like we these players, these strikers that get you the goals every, every single, you know, twenty goals a season. They are expensive; they cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, you if are you are we willing to put that amount of money and, and that number of eggs in that in one basket, so to speak, or do we work with what we've got and try and develop our players? We've mentioned Hellel Derbischoglu. Mm-hmm. I've been very critical of Joel Valencia this season, and hope for, and I think certainly against Hull, he showed a lot of promise when he came on, admittedly against a poor side, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. And we and we, we, we looked really really good. I think I think I think we We underestimate the power Of some of the players We've got Jan Zambrek as well yeah. Boy that guy can play football And he can play up there Marcondes can operate up there We are covered In terms of our backup mm. It's It's the fear of losing One of those front three To injury or to transfers That's what That's what plays on The fa- the, f- the minds of the Brentford fans
3: Yep, indeed. Plenty to discuss, I'm sure, as the months, as the weeks go on, as that title chase continues. And it was continuing, of course, at the weekend at Hull, a thumping 5-1 victory of the Tigers. We're going to be talking about that next here on the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport London the Brentford fan show here on a La sport London me Matt Beadle with the boys from besotted Robin Hood McMichael and Dave XG Anderson we're going to get on to our review of that thumping win at Hull in a moment or two but as per usual the boys were in the pub after the game speaking to fans from both teams about the game
4: it's the perfect tonic to wash down the um, the, de- the defeat on Tuesday. I thought we we didn't re- we were coasting in the first half. We you obviously conceded a really naff goal, uh, and I don't think we ever really hit our stride, really hit into gear. Second half, I thought the midfield tightened up a little bit, got a bit more solid. There was a bit more fluidity to our passing. But th- at the end of the day, the result was the important thing. We needed to get a win in order to get our- get ourselves back on track. But I think it's the the momentum that we've built up with it. You know, five. Of one win, we'll get onto the scorers in a second, I'm sure. But yeah, just it's such a valuable way in which we have bounced back. So yeah, we got the result, but the performance, particularly in the second half, as well. Yeah, it's, it's just wicked.
0: Um, no, I was quite confident about going up to Hull. Um, and I think we just needed a little bit, I thought we were a bit rusty. Maybe, and I was I was a bit in doubt as to whether resting so many players for the Leicester game and not maybe using some of the players who played against Leicester against Forest, I was a little bit in doubt then. So, but I think today what we showed was that. Um, we can put a game behind us quickly and that is a strength we haven't had before really uh, I think now we just, just I think Frank psychs him up and says right now come on forget that game let's do this one and it was a brilliant performance you know and also I think Benrahma was probably still a bit too under the we- under the under the weather so to speak after his dad died maybe he was plunged into it too early last week but today I mean, just he just gave it everything and it was fantastic and um I mean, a sublime move was the ball out to Rico. Rico looks up, crosses the ball, right on, bang on Ollie's head, you know. And I think that sort of summed up today's performance. It was, it was that time. We're I mean, doing mistakes. Raya, right, okay, well, at, least he, at least he managed to get five this time when he made a mistake. But um, I think we just need to keep that, take it forward. And I think we'll be we'll, well in there, you know. I mean, we're evens now to get promoted. It's quite amazing. We never thought we'd be that before, you know, but. Bombs and up with a great comeback after the uh, Tuesday night show in against Nottingham Forest. I think the Brentford played
4: superbly. I think whole show um, nothing in the game at all. Uh, ben Rama, I think was outstanding um, even the Jensen's and your Pinnocks had superb strong, uh, solid games and it's a great comeback, there's 16
6: games to go and you never know what's going to happen now anything, anything can happen. You know it's okay to lose if you come back and win and we need to win the next couple as well, so yeah it's, it's teed up really nicely, to score five away at Hull is incredible, it could have been seven, eight, nine, it could have been anything out up there today and they they only got a goal through some absolute fluke from David Reyes uh, fluff. So, uh, yeah, just incredible. It's now down to Leeds and West Brom and Fulham to uh, to, to to you know to do their part this afternoon. Uh, you can't ever say a bad thing about a five-one away uh, win. So, I'm not even going to get too critical, I'm too too um, you know under the microscope about it. It's literally the perfect bounce back and and the perfect result. So proud and. So pleased for um, for Sai Ben Rama. You know, you could see what it meant to him and the way he celebrated for his father. So yeah, brilliant. Just a brilliant, brilliant start to the day, mate
3: the perfect bounce back as that last fan said there indeed it was also referencing Leeds of course saying it's up to Leeds and West Brom and Fulham to do what they've got to do now now two of those three won one certainly did not did they at home <laughs> to Wigan we're going to be talking about that of course XG Dave on Friday you're yeah, going to be here yeah. for the Legion United oh, mostly, Fan yeah, show. yeah a
5: little bit of cross, uh, cross fan pod music stuff going on short yeah. term loan yeah yeah, short-term short-term term, loan. really short yeah hopefully uh, it goes well yeah
3: <laughs> But the outstanding name that was mentioned there really was Side Ben Rama, hat trick, a lift of the shirt. It was an eventful day for him,
4: wasn't it, Robin? It was indeed. I th- I, I I was absolutely gushing and so pleased and so chuffed for the man. For his context, I'm sure everyone's already aware that you know losing losing your father uh, a couple of weeks ago and have and then playing against Forest on Tuesday. You could see he probably wasn't. Emotionally ready He was just a little bit Off the pace of it uh, Which is completely understandable And I think To go away like that And The first goal Was was enough I think that we you know You could see the emotion Just lift off of his Off of his shoulders And he looked to the heavens And he took his shirt off And it said Je t'aime papa uh, In memory of his father It was just such a Beautiful That goal itself Was a beautiful moment then he got the second goal, and he mm-hmm. slid, and he'd ov- and he's obviously already been booked, which we will very much get on to, as I say it through gritted teeth, about the booking for his celebration. He then slid in front of the fans, and then just lifted it up a little bit to reveal the message again, celebrated with the fans. So he had his one moment from his first goal, just to, for him. Then he had the moment with the fans to, for that. And then we were. I was just saying, I really wanted to get a hat-trick, I really wanted to get a hat-trick, yeah. turning <laughs> to Laney saying, it just needs to get this hat-trick. And then he got it, and he just ran over to Thomas Frank, and, get, and and there was this wonderful long embrace and I just I was so proud to be a Brentford fan I was so pleased for Saeed Ben-Rama I, I, I'm so humbled and full of respect for that man it's unbelievable I thought and you know and it wasn't just the three goals he scored it was the manner in which he performed it was the the tenacity it was the skills it was the daring yeah I'm, I'm starting to get emotional now it, yeah, yeah, it, it was yeah it was a lovely moment
5: it was, it really was. It was just, it sort of cut you a bit deep, didn't it? it? You looked at it and you thought, this is, sometimes you probably underestimate the mindset of these professional footballers, like what they go through, and then doing something, performing the way they do under that sort of pressure. It just, yeah, I don't know how he did it, but he held it together so well. And I, I think I'd have broken down after that first guy. I'd have, have just started to be subbed off. Yeah. I don't think I'd have played on, but he goes on to to humiliate Hull even more, and it's, it's just insane. I'm
4: just going to say it now. Um, I've always thought he was one of the best players to, I've ever seen in a Brentford shirt just in terms of his 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 just his r- sheer daringness and the ability to do the things that he does, his goal scoring, his creativity, and his general work rate as well. He's come under a bit of criticism, and I've noted it a couple of times that he appears to be a little bit stroppy and a little bit almost arrogant when he's not had a good game or when he's not playing well and he tries a bit too hard. After what he's been through and the performance, it, it shows, first of all, that he's a team player because he doesn't just try it all himself. He does create assists. He does bring other players into the game. because of the And because of the manner in which he's played... I, he is now. I th- I'd say he's now officially the best ever player for Brentford. Wow. I I think there is. I don't think there is another player. Hotter was amazing. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I th- and I think you look at, back at the days of people like Neil Smiley and Dean Holdsworth and things like that. He's he's the. In my opinion, he's the best player. He's my, he's my best ever Brentford player. Just be, be, and he could not play another game this season. He could be sold tomorrow. He'll always go down for me. Yeah. Wow, that is some accolade so That's fun. yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's wrong. an accolade. Some bloke with no hair just said that. Sorry, Ben rama is a damn you're good like a footballer. Hair's got nothing to do with it. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, he's, oh, he's he's brilliant.
3: Sorry. I kind
5: of back that up as well. I think he's the best player we've ever seen there. And uh, there's a couple of players we have now. You look at them and you think they could play in sort of not only the top of the Premier League but they could play in the Champions League as well. It's that that level of quality. And I think him and uh, and Bummer are those two players. But yeah, yeah, uh, probably the best. Hotter was the other one, but I think. Ben Rama is definitely there. No, I don't, know who, the, don't yeah. know who you're
3: talking about. <laughs> and in terms of, just very quickly touching on the goals. The first one, yes, slightly fortunate, bit of a defensive lapse of concentration, I suppose you yeah. could say. The second one, beautiful technique mm. to finish off that cutback from Buomo. And then the third one, I know that it was kind of an open goal, but the the ability, the know-how to go, oh, I to need lift to lift, lift this yeah, top yeah. in. So you can tell he
5: does that in trading for fun. Anything rolled to him on the back post is just going in. You can tell the way he's sort of finished that. But it's, it's also, that first, Finish that came into the box with the second one. Yeah, really good to note that out. That finish, he's d- he's done that many a time before. He did it at Forest last season. Mm-hmm. He did it at Rotherham. I think he got two in one game. It's the quality of. I think this is something Brentford look at is how players strike the ball first time when it comes into the box. If you who's suffering big time at Leeds right now is Bamford. He can't hit anything. Anything that comes towards him. I know it's sometimes on his right foot, but that clean striking on the first time as soon as he's in the box is really an underrated skill. And a lot of Brentford players are really good at it. Ben Rahm is just obviously the, the absolute pe- uh, the pinnacle. But yeah, it's. Uh, uh, yeah, absolute quality player, isn't he? He is.
3: So we're gonna have to move on, fellas, to the other two points involving Saeed Benrahma at the mm. weekend. One you've yeah. already mentioned, Robin, and that was the yellow card.
4: Yeah. So Saeed Benrahma was had a, had a, an undershirt on underneath his his jersey, basically saying 10-papa as a tribute to his dad. Now he took the shirt off and pointed, and got down onto his knees and pointed at the heavens and hud, was huddled around by his his team by his teammates. Now, I understand the referee's got a job to do. And I understand that the referee had to follow the letter of the law that if you remove your jersey, you will be booked as a result of that. Have some compassion. The guy lost his father. He wasn't advertising anything. It wasn't branded. It wasn't political. It wasn't slur. It wasn't slander. It was a tribute to his dad. Mm. Now, I understand the referee has a job to do. But surely, take context into consideration and understand. Because... It, it, what what in any way was that offensive to anyone? Anyone, it really really got on my nerves, and I think that rule needs to be reviewed.
3: I agree with you. The rule does need to be reviewed. In defence of the referee, referees get assessed, don't they? And if they don't, this apply, is true, yeah. The laws of the game. They are then what. What it then takes is a referee to actually turn around and go. Do you know what? I don't care. Punish me. I don't care because I'm not going to give him a yellow and card. For and, that. and he'll be the that greatest referee, referee yeah, ever. An
5: absolute legend. <laughs> yeah. He'd go down in history. But yeah, it's, not blaming the referee there. I'm blaming the. I'm blaming <laughs> no, the rules. Yeah, the rules are, are wrong. Yeah. But you can't really ask the referee to sort of judge each sort of message that he sees in, in that exact moment. It's really. Yeah. It's not fair on them. Really. The yeah, rules. <laughs> Put thing
4: and say. Like, I like sandwiches. No, I don't like sandwiches. <laughs> yellow card. Exactly.
5: Yeah. yeah. The rules need altering. I mean, as long as it's no sort of. Not, you're not selling anything or. You're it's not sort of yeah, not an, it's an issue basically. Yeah. Then uh, that shouldn't be allowed. But messages to your loved ones are pretty should okay. not be a problem. I always,
3: I always thought the rule was first enforced because it was a case of bearing skin and it mm. kind of being something that was offensive. So now when
4: players are just wearing Under Armour, and also play, players at the end of the games take their jerseys off and they've got the the heart rate monitors and things like that underneath
3: it after is, the game.
5: It's well, I a mean, it like, bygone uh, rule set for uh, a different time that yeah. really doesn't really have much sense now. Really.
3: Absolutely, we'll, we'll swiftly move on from it then, and mm. just quickly discuss the trailing elbow on Stephen Kingsley, who did fall to the floor. In
4: quite the heap. Yeah, it, it, I don't think it was an elbow. I think personally, if yeah. you look at the if you look at the footage quite closely, side Ben is running towards the, the direction of play, and Stephen Kingsley is walking, sort of into back into position at left back. Now, side Rama continues his stride. He doesn't break stride, and Stephen Kingsley suddenly realises, "Oh, I'm actually a bit central and a bit deep here," so turns, and. So I say an unintentionally headbutt side bedram's <laughs> forearm, um, an upper arm. It's, it's 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 side bedram does not change direction, change course, or change. He, he is looking at the play, and I think yeah, um, a lot. Of he, the referee didn't punish him for it. He didn't really get admonished by the whole city or anything else after that. No. Uh, but um, I think a fair few Leeds fans had a few words to say on Twitter about it, <laughs> if that's the best way of putting it. But yeah, yeah I, I don't. Th- he's 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 a he's occasionally can, he he can occasionally be a bit of a it can take a knock and go down a little bit easily in order to get a free kick but he's not he's not a dirty
5: player like that no, definitely not.
3: He did react as well instantly, didn't he? And went over to Kingsley yeah. and, and apologised for what was seemingly an accident. Now for a period in the game, there was uh, not a, a scare, I suppose, but it was just a one goal advantage that Brentford held, of course. Ryan Tafferzoli with a speculative pass, a terrible <coughs> pass in fact, that went straight to the feet of David Raya and then subsequently into David Raya's goal. We're going to discuss that in a minute, but on the Goalkeepers Union podcast Between the Sticks, we spoke to former Brentford goalkeeper Richard
1: Lee. He Here's what he had to say on the incident. First and foremost, I feel like I do this with a lot of goalkeepers, but it's certainly true in David's case. Fantastic season. You know, I think the response to this error for me said a lot. The amount of Brentford fans that, and obviously I still connected with a lot of Brentford fans on social media, that straight away jumped to his defence, because he has been phenomenal this season. And certainly the way that Brentford play, he's the perfect fit. He is getting a lot of interest from Premier League clubs, and rightly so. However... This wasn't a particularly pleasant moment. The ironic thing is is that David Rare is known for being fantastic with his feet. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his distribution. And if anything, my only comment here is I just think it's overconfidence. You know, ball's fired through from Ryan Tafazzoli, uh, And it's it's interesting. When you see it from behind the goal, looking at the entire pitch, Ryan Taffazzoli's hit this ball forward and turned away and disgusted himself because it was a dreadful ball that he's played through. And David Rare, rather than just deciding to pick it up, like most goalkeepers would, he's obviously very confident with his feet. He was going to take a touch to look to play. And I guess he's already thinking about what he's next to do and it just goes straight through him uh, just misses his touch completely turns around scampers back can't get there it's in the net you can see how disappointed he was but straight away all the Brentford players come over to him and make a point of you know that don't worry about it. it's one of those things and as you say in the end they end up winning 5-1 so it's not necessarily too much of an issue
3: that was ex Brentford goalkeeper Richard Lee there, just assessing the David Rea error from the weekend. Robin, you were shaking your head, in some parts of that didn't didn't agree with that. I wouldn't say
4: over. Uh, he mentioned that he felt it was a little bit of overconfidence. It's uh, it's not overconfident to try and control a trickling ball. He he just made a mistake. He, t- he it was a lack it, it was a loss of concentration. I think more than a more than a, a sense of overconfidence. The key thing is David Rea has made a couple of errors this this season that have led to goals, uh, but only one of them has really cost us points everyone every other game we've actually gone on to win it because we've been very very good defensively and i think yeah it was it was it was a lack of concentration it was a, it was a mistake he won't make many more of them Touch wood. Yeah, touch wood. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I th- I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to just just one of those things.
5: Really. Yeah, I, I think the stats show that um, Reyes' sort of short passing is just I, I think it's like second or third best in the league for like short passes completed. So we we know he's got a really good touch and he's great with his feet. He's had some scary moments where he's actually used skills to get beyond players and, uh, and he's done it every time. He's done it fine. There's been a couple of moments where something has slipped under his foot and he's had to sort of jog back. But I, I think it's just a. Uh, it's just a. It was a. I do think it was a concentration thing because it was the ball took so long to get mm. to him. He'd already probably thought four. My like he's actually quite. If you watch him play, he could probably play defence in midfield. He, he was, was probably so thinking a- four moves ahead about where he was going to pass it, who was going to pass it beyond there, <laughs> and it just kind of just had too much time. He was so <laughs>
4: aghast at the sheer severity of how poor the pass was that just <laughs> thought, I'll like, oh, tell you what, that poor guy, I'm going to give him a goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to read too much into it. No. OK, no. so we're going to hear from Thomas Frank in
3: a moment or two, but just quickly before we move on from the whole game, they had been decimated really on deadline day, losing Jared Bowen, mm-hmm. losing Camille Kuzicki. I know they brought in Marcus Madison and a couple of others as well, but this was a very weak whole side, wasn't it?
5: Yeah. It, it was weak. whole. I think also tactically a bit naive. So, it we, this is what we're speaking about so if you want in the seven days we basically had a microcosm of how you play against Brentford and how you shouldn't so Forest is the exact blueprint um, give up the ball sit deep really sort of compact and don't give up as much space and try and hit us on the break whereas Hull just opened the game up and tried to play us and the teams that do that are not are not ever going to beat us uh, uh, well, yeah, they're just, they're just not very. They're just not. We're, we're not going to get beaten by a team who wants to come out with a shootout. If, there's, if it's a high volume shot game, we're going to probably come out in the end. If there's only a couple of teams, maybe Leeds, who could actually could actually outshoot us and outscore mm. us.
4: Yeah, I think I, I think we 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 went up against a very very well drilled side in Nottingham Forest, and then we went up against a team that tried to, that were very very open against Hull, in Hull City. They were tactically naive. They were um, they were depleted slightly. I think Bobby Hadgraft said uh, on uh, our podcast mm-hmm. from our post match podcast from Saturday that the f- mental start state of losing Jared Bowen and Krizicki was probably more damaging them, had them actually been on the pitch and they wouldn't have actually been on the pitch they wouldn't have actually made a difference if they'd been on the pitch but yeah really good win nonetheless
3: yeah, absolutely that was Robin Hood McMichael this is Thomas Frank
6: the one thing I, I will praise the most from this um, game was the mentality from the boys again bounce back from a, a defeat I think we lost eight games one nil this season which is unbelievable but even how emotional or frustrating that, that had been Every single time, they just step up next game, and we are bang on. I and mean, I, it is impressive to go here and, and win 5-1 uh, away to home. I think honestly, we should have been up by three at least in first half. Uh, because I think on the final third, we were of course massive quality when we score five goals in a, in a game. Uh, but but that, <laughs> we should, in some ways, done even more, which sounds crazy. A hat trick for today after a, a very tough time for him. Yeah, I'm so pleased that he he planned that little stunt with his, uh, a quote to his dad and. I'm just pleased that you know could show it because he is an emotional um, a person. So I'm uh, glad that he could get that out there. But uh, and a hat trick was maybe a little bit more what he what he, what he had hoped for. It should be just take the emotional part of it and only look on the players. say Rama, I actually want a little bit more in terms of goal and assist, and we we got that today, of course, in in abundance. But. But in general, I think he done a a, a good season. But I think there's even more in him, and that's what—that's some of the bits he showed today. I think one thing was that we wanted to bounce back and show that mentality today. Next thing, we want to bounce back at Griffin Park because that is our home, that's our fortress, and uh, that was another bit why I was so annoying losing to to Nottingham. I was so disappointed because come on, we're playing at Griffin Park, we can't lose that. Uh, But of course, of course, he can if we're not switched on or we're not on the top of our game, and we need to take this performance but have that constantly attitude of staying humble but confident and Needs going to the next game Brentford fan show here
3: on Love Sport. Me, Matt Be with the boys from Besotted. We've got about nine, eight, nine minutes or so to go. So we're going to have a a bit of a look back at the season and a look ahead to what is coming. Thirty games in, Robin. Sixteen to go. How are you rating the season thus far?
4: So far, it's been an incredible season. I think it's been uh, one of those one of those years where, or one of those seasons where things just seem to be going our way. It, started, it had a bit of a rocky start. Mm. A bit of a sort of didn't quite get off off the mark as we'd like to have done. But no, I think I'm, I'm I'm
5: I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, what what do you make of it, Dave? Well, yeah, I've am enjoying it as well. But yeah, I've got a bit of a question for you and Matt. Actually, you can uh, listen into this one if you want to see if you can figure this out. So, what do all these games have in common? So, think about next few Dave's taking over. The team that comes <laughs> first. Team that comes first is at home. So, Brentford v Birmingham, uh, Brentford v Stoke, Brentford v Bristol City, Brentford v Huddersfield, Brentford v Nottingham Forest, and then uh, away is now. So, Leeds v Brentford, uh, Preston v Brentford. Forest v Brentford, West Brom v Brentford, Mill v Brentford, and Huddersfield v Brentford. What have they got in common? Now? One ma- nil. Is. One nil. I was going to say they they were all one 0 losses for Brentford. Close, close, but they're all well. None of the Brentford haven't won any of those games. Ah. So none of those games have been won by Brentford. But um, the common thing throughout that, so what we're talking about, so, sort of our season to and fro between Chalk and Cheese and uh, Forrest and Hull, is Forest have kept the game. So we've really got expected goals. We've got total expected goals for both teams. So combined, so say for instance, uh, Forrest get 0.7, we get 0.7, that's 0.4. So all of those games have had around a 0.5, 0.4, and that's sort of extra for both teams. Brentford cannot win games where the games are that sort of tight so we can't we can't get beyond unless a game is sort of around point three point two point five or much higher than um, those low tight games and Frank speaks about this we struggled to turn that into a victory we those those cloggy games so all of those sides and unfortunately we need to find a way to win those games so that's how probably we're going to finish we need to finish the season better and actually find a way to win those games. But go, you look, you look puzzled
3: about. No, 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 <laughs> not puzzled at all. I'm actually quite yeah. fascinated about it. I'm into okay. it. I'm into the stats.
4: Basically, basically, long and short of this we, we our, <coughs> our weakness is our, our weakness is those teams that just sit deep and defend. And it's yeah. been, a, been been our weakness for a long time, actually. But we, are, we we just our one weakness this season, looking back at it, is we ha- we are we aren't very good at converting conceding the first goal into a victory. Mm. That's and that's the key thing, and it's, and it's te- teams like Leeds and Nottingham Forest that are better at it than us aren't really. Yeah, aren't
5: there's they? a few teams that are really good at it, but yeah, just think if you think sort of low XG value, so the, keep the shots low, keep the values of the shots low, and uh, we can't come out on top of those games. When the game does get opened up and there's lots of shots and combined, it's sort of a high XG value in a game. We can come out on top of that, but it's it's how do we turn those tight games into a win So we've played, we have played a couple of those teams twice, but we've got a few more of them looking forward. So we've got to play Cardiff again, uh, Charlton, and another one that um, could keep it tied against us. Uh, we've got to go to... Well, we've played Bristol twice. Um, who's another one that's going to be sort of a bit tricky? There's a few... Derby,
3: I mean, Derby by that point,
5: when you go to Derby. Derby are quite, uh, they're quite, they're quite an open, open. team. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, quite they're, open they're a weekend. team we'd love to play, so Derby are fine. QPR we've played twice now. Uh, Swans as well. But there's there's a few sort of in there still. Um, Huddersfield have played twice, so we're lucky we don't have to play them. But we're trying to look at sort of, are there any, not banana skins, but who are these teams that do want to just sort of suffocate us and not keep, not sort of keep the game open, which is what we thrive and that's what we need. Well, that's the thing. We, um, Dave and I, just in the in the White Hart pub earlier on, we had
4: a bit of a stat off, didn't we? We, mm. we delve very, very deep into all the statistics and all the XG and just just as, for those that aren't aware, we go to the White Hart uh, pub as it's our White Hart Whisper. We talk about what we're going to do in this wonderful hour of talking about football and all things nonsense. And yeah, they're absolutely fantastic down there. And yeah, there's, we we, we discovered today they've got a chap called Jack, who's a sort mm. of an, an not an avid Brentford fan, but he uh, he he he's, he's been to a few games recently. He's actually going to Birmingham away as well. So yeah, but yeah, make sure you check out that pub. Great, great team, great food, great drinks. Yeah, um, and that that formed the White part Whisper. And we would start start started thinking who are our key games moving forward, where we almost expect it to be difficult, not necessarily because of league position, but because of their real sort of the the, the style and the and the nitty grittiness of the game. And I think that those 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 that Charlton one I think is is an important one. But then I think the key games have got to be. Against um, Fulham and Leeds and West Brom, yeah, those, those are, are huge. Those, those, are those are huge, just huge if, games.
5: If we come out, I think if we come out of those on top, sort of automatics is really on it. They're going to be really, mm. well. Hopefully, they're not tight games. Hopefully, they're open games, and we come out of them on top. But yeah. West Brom have got they've got the ability to sort of close it down and make it tight and uh, frustrate us. So Indeed. we'll have to see.
3: Absolutely, we'll be previewing the Leeds game, of course, next week on the eve of what is going to be a massive game at Griffin mm-hmm, Park. Mm-hmm. But before that, Saturday it is Middlesbrough. Of course, second game of the season, wasn't it? First win, Ollie mm. Watkins' first goal of the season.
4: Absolutely, and a, win, and a second win in a row away at Middlesbrough, which is unheard of for Brentford Football Club. Mm, it's a real yeah. bogey side. Um, I'm I'm very I'm feeling very confident. I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm feeling confident.
5: Yeah, I'm never very confident. I'm, I'm sort of confident. That's what I say. Mildly I'm, confident. You're David Ray are confident.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> composed. But yeah, composed confident. but could let us slip up. Yeah, yeah, Middlesbrough
5: had a really big upturn, haven't they? They sort of went through a really dodgy patch, but they've got themselves a bit together now. I, I, I think we should have enough to beat them. It's gonna, yeah, it should be, it should be tricky, but I think we can come through and beat Middlesbrough. Yeah.
4: I think I'm, I'm, I'm foreseeing. Obviously, they've, they've hit their stride in the second half of the season, which is always a good thing. You'd rather, you'd rather finish the season strongly than start it strongly. And I think they're they're on a they're riding the a sort of a crest of the wave at the moment. I think, given that it's on home soil, and I think we'll be buoyed by the the win against Hull. I think I think we're going to do them. I think mm. it, I think it'll be a it'll be a very tough game. Middlesbrough are always by default almost a tough game. Just I don't know what it is about, and Middlesbrough is just really really difficult. Whether it's who, whoever the manager, is, whoever the system, and the style that they play, they are a very very difficult team. Um, my prediction and going out on a limb is three-one Brentford. It's probably my favourite scoreline. Mm, yeah.
5: Um well not quite as confident. I'll go two one. Two one Brentford. Beetle.
3: I would agree with you yeah I, I think it will be I think this will be quite open to people Ravel, Ravel Morrison might make his debut for Middlesbrough who, Possibly, who knows yeah. but I think that yes they have had a good run haven't they there were four wins on the balance but I think they've stuttered slightly four or five <laughs> without a win now so who knows whether the pressure will build on Jonathan Woodgate that is occurring on Saturday of course we'll have all the reaction for that on the next Brentford fan show next Monday and looking ahead to the Leeds game but
4: before we go fellas the usual plugs if you will just a reminder that the besotted, Christmas, uh, the besotted uh, social will be on Friday Friday the 1st of May, the day before the last effort Griffin Park match. Make sure you get your tickets for that. Uh, we'll have our podcast live on Thursday at 7am. It's the pre middlesbrough Billy's going to have his Middlesbrough chums <laughs> on their way down to London. Uh, make sure you re- review and like our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and all platforms. And like us on the socials at Bizotted on Twitter and Facebook.
3: Lovely.
5: Cracking Very quickly,
3: before we, before we finally, finally finish, when <laughs> Billy has his chums down, do they join you in the pub as well? Yeah. They yeah, do? Yeah, yeah it's, the way, it's, the, it's
4: the wonder of Billy. It's the wonder of Bizotted. It, it, it connects football fans across the country and across the globe. That's why we do it. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. What a
3: way to finish, Jen. yeah <laughs> That should be the, the finishing motto of every single show that we do. No, just our one. <laughs> this has been the Brentford Fans Show here on Love Sport. Like I said, we'll be back next Monday at 8pm here on Love Sport London looking ahead to that game we will
1: Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, Powered by fans.